Proverbs 3, verses 1 through 9 is where we're at. It's a harvest with no limits. Um, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep, uh, let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life, and peace will be added to you, or will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness uh, forsake you, bind them around your neck, and write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and success in the sight of God and man. Now, I want to tell you this. It says, when you do this, I, I didn't put this together like I am now because God's given me the insight here. Go back to 3.3. 3. He said, make sure that steadfast love and faithfulness are, are with you. He said, wear it around your uh, neck like a necklace, Mrs. Colfer, like you'd put on a necklace in the morning. Make sure you got steadfast love and faithfulness. And then verse 4 is the byproduct of that. Uh, he said you would find favor, say it with me, you'd find favor and good success. So God didn't call you to be successful, he called you to be faithful. And because you are, and because you are faithful, you'll be successful. And God's people said amen. amen. So let's go back to the steadfast love and faithfulness. I got to be steadfast and faithful even if the people around me are not. Look at your neighbor and say bye-bye. Got to roll on, man. So I'm going to be steadfast and faithful in God regardless of who's doing it out there. I'm not doing it to impress my friends. I'm doing it to impress God. So uh, if I do that, he'll make sure that I got success. Uh, and I could elaborate on that, but um, I think you know where I'm going with it. Um, so if, you're, if your success has is, is halted... Maybe you need to get back to, to making Jesus Lord of your life. You can't walk in the church and say, Terry, Jesus is Lord of my life, and then leave here and live however you want to live. He's not Lord. Watch this class. He's not Lord then if you want to live outside of his uh, proximity. It's, o it's okay. It's quiet. I understand. Lord means master and first in my life. Just, just touch yourself right here and go, he's first in my life. Verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. Wasn't your own understanding how you got to church in the first place? Just say, boy, howdy. Would you do this? If you're a dude, go, oh, we're going to try this. That didn't work. That's, how you, that's why you're at church. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be, be not wise in your eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. I like the refreshment part. I, I like anything to do with refreshment. And not just in the physical or spiritual sense, but I like refreshments. I like a, a, a smoothie, and I like ice cream. I like the refreshments. I'm like, where's the cake at? You guys didn't read this with me. I, I want to make sure you understand this. Verse 9 and 10. 1, 2, 3. Go honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of some of your produce. Do you want to live a life with some? Or do you want to live a life with all? Verse 10. Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will be burst, bursting with wine. Close your eyes. God can't pour new, fresh 
wine and old wine skins. And just wave your hand up there for just a second if you even know what I'm talking about. He can't fill your barns if you ain't built one yet. Walking around, you guys got a little shed. Or if you live in an apartment, you got a little, you got a little storage. Remember those storage things outside? I got more stuff than that. Do, do you ever, anybody ever live in an apartment and their storage shed is outside on their balcony? I got more stuff than that. Nudge your neighbor. And I'm not just talking about physical stuff. I want God to fill my barn with all kinds of blessings. But if you want him to fill your barn, you got to make sure that you build it in faith and stand on it, that he's going to fill it. Can I get the church to talk back to me a little bit? Quit with the little, little, little shed outside. What is that little plastic shed anyways? What the heck is that thing? It says Tupperware on the side. You're like, who's that guy? Keep, keep your eyes on me for a second. Tupper, Tupperware. And they put like a pad, you put like a little padlock on it right there. <laughs> snip, snip, I'm in. <laughs> Amen. I don't want a Tupperware amount of blessing. I want, I, w- I want the whole barn to be filled. It's clappable, I'll guarantee that. I'm going to pray on that. If you're a Tupperware shed person, repent. (laughs) Lord, we're going to get away from the Tupperware and build a big one. We want you to fill it with your goodness. And and, and little thinking has got to cease. We're going to live a life of no limits. And it's going to start today. And... uh, Lord God, we're going to be faithful with the first fruits that you've given us um, when the basket comes by. Um, We ask you to bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Applaud the Lord that you get to participate today. So John chapter 4, you've heard this before. It's the woman at the well. You got it. I'm coming from a little different angle. Uh, God's trying to talk to this lady uh, in, in living a life with no limits. Um, and, and if there's something that you're wanting to do in your life, uh, just close your eyes and just raise your hand. There's something, there's something I want to do that I need God's help with. And if, and if it ain't, here's the deal. If it ain't, Steiger, if it ain't supernatural, you don't need to include God. If you can do it in your own power, you don't need God. You just go ahead and wrestle it and wrangle it on your own. But if it's something super, go ahead and put your hand down again. If it's something supernatural, you're going to need God to do it. And this message is, is, is basically Jesus just talking to this young lady uh, and believing that she wants uh, to be saved. Um, I was talking about this in Winfield last night. And we already baptized somebody. Uh, out there, I think it was last month or month before, and then we're going to be baptizing somebody next week. It's getting contagious out there. It's uh, it's something, and they just keep piling in there. And uh, I'll just tell you the story because I haven't told you this before. 
So out there in Winfield, we uh, we go to, uh, they'd have some Christmas, uh, some things out there at, at, the, uh, at the church. And I didn't know it at the time. It was years ago when my, when my uh, little grandkids was still doing plays and stuff like that. Well, I'd go to this church and watch my little grandkids doing a play on the stage. Now watch this. Now last night, my grandkids, were sitting in the pews watching their grandpa on that same stage that they used to perform on. And you go, you go, well, man, that's a heck of a coincidence. Ain't no coincidence, that's God. I had, no, I had no idea I would ever be there again after seeing my little grandkids up on that stage at this church doing a Christmas play. And here we are getting ready to do our first Christmas out there. I think God is, uh, I think God is in this place. I think God is with that Bible, don't you? I believe that. Hallelujah. That, that's, uh, if that doesn't freak you out, it freaked me out. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, he left Judah and departed again for Galilee. So here he goes. He's headed to Galilee. His mind's made up. He's headed to Galilee, and, and he had to pass through Samaria. So passing through Samaria, it, it might be like a, a place where you need to go. And you're not really sure if I ought to go there. It may not be the convenient way. It may not, you know, it may be just, you ever been somewhere? It might be like this church today. Maybe you walked inside the church today, Lori, and you go, I don't even know why I'm here. I don't even really like this church or anybody in it. Look at me, class, but you're here. So the things of God don't always make sense in the natural sense. So he's going through Samaria, and I know now that he's there because he wants to witness to one young lady. And watch this class. Hold one finger up. One soul is worth it. Say it with me. One soul's worth it. Because it might be your children. It might be your grandchildren. You don't, don't walk away from church and go, oh, it was only one person getting saved. Well, that one person that got saved is somebody's child. When you hear about them on the 10 o'clock news, somebody that something bad happened, that's somebody's child. And God cares about it, and so does Have Bible Will Travel. Every soul matters, i got to let you know. So he came to, verse 5, so he came to a town of Samaria called Sakar, near the field that Jacob had given to his sons Joseph. And Jacob's well was there. And Jesus, so Jesus, wearied as he was from the journey, was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour. So he's sitting down, Sally, and he's waiting. The stage is, is set. He's sitting on the well. He's weary from the journey, and he knows this young lady's going to come down, and she has her own sinful issues just like you and I do. Hers might be a little different. Maybe you don't struggle with what her sin is. 
but you struggle with some sin. That's why you're at church to trying to rectify that through the blood of Jesus Christ. I'll keep going anyways. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. So this is now this is getting just, a, and I've talked about this before. It gets a little bit weird, but Jesus wants to talk to her about harvest time. And a harvest with no limits. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Give me a drink. So he's talking to this lady in the middle of the desert, sitting on the well, talking to this lady, a Samaritan and a woman in the middle of the day saying, hey, give me a drink. She's like, what would you just say? And I don't know if she had the bucket or two buckets in her hand or whatever. Maybe she was tired because she's been up with her kids all night long. Maybe she's got her own set of problems back at the house. Maybe, you know, she's got all the same things that you and I struggle with sometimes. Verse 8 says, For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food, and the Samaritan woman said to her, How is it? Or the Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? Verse 10, Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God, and I believe this is true today. If you and I only knew what kind of gift we could get from God, everybody would get it before they left. Yeah, we're big on Amazon. Amen. Call back at the house right now. Did my, did Amazon get there? Anybody ever do that? Just I know some people are smiling right now. There ain't nothing. And if you got a, a door camera... Oh, no. My wife can pull that phone out and go, is that thing ringing right now? (laughs) If you knew the gift that God had for you, you'd be more diligent about searching for God than you would Amazon. And sometimes we can just get happy if the Amazon truck is in the neighborhood. How about anybody here waiting for uh, a check to come in the mail? Oh, we'll follow the postman around. You got like anything? You missed my house. It's like you ain't got anything. Well, can you make something up? We almost feel that way that this postmaster, this Amazon person is going to make our life different by dropping off a package. Your life ain't going to change a bit through a package. Because that's just a happening. That's not joy. Verse 11, the woman said to her, Sir, you have nothing to draw water from, and the well is deep. Where do you get this? Where do you get that living water? Where do you get this water that you're talking about? And and how is it that it's going to make me live? See, if you're riddled with sin and handcuffed by sin, you're not really living. You're just dying a little each day as you continue to entertain it. Are you greater than our father Jacob? So she has this idol in her life. It's, it's, it's Jacob. And he gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and the livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Watch this class. You got my attention. Go. You're talking about an all-new life. You're talking about a life free from 
from the worldly things and the worldly plagues. Yes, that's exactly what Jesus is saying to this woman right now as we speak. And he's saying it to you. And he's saying to you who are on live stream. He says, I got a life for you, eternal life bubbling up if you will just accept it. Hold on. But you have to leave your life of old. And just mop your brow or something. Just go, oh me. The woman said, sir, watch this class. Give me this water. Say that with me. Give me this water. So she said that I won't be thirsty again and I won't have to come here. Here's what Jesus tells her to deal with first. And you can bring the house lights down. I want to make sure you see this so you don't have to look at each other. He, he, he reads her sin problem. Jesus said to her, go call your husband. Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband for you have five husbands. If you're Baptist, you would want to, if your lady just... Just touch your throat right around here. What, what old Baptist lady would say, oh, well, bless your heart, girl. Miss <laughs> Coach, she's got five husbands. So maybe she feels complete with a man. Maybe she feels worthy if she's got a man. Maybe she, maybe she feels incomplete if she don't have one. So her issue is guys. And they're not Mr. Right. They're Mr. Right now. Don't look away. Mr. Mr. Right now is not who God is interested in for you in your life. Or Mrs. Right now, if she's around. The woman said to him, Sir, so now when you're getting your mail read to you by the Lord... You know he knows your business. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does he say? Woman, believe me. All you have to do is believe in God and not, not be, just believe in him, but believe he paid the ultimate price for your sin debt, that he died on the cross at Calvary, that he rose from the dead, and he's coming back once again to set the record straight. And if you don't know this right now, the river's Euphrates is dried up as we speak. And if you ain't got goosebumps on your arm, you better get them. Because when that river dried up, that's a, one of the prophecies and revelations being fulfilled that Jesus is coming back. Now, I'd get a little closer to the altar if I was you. Well, we're, we're still kind of busy, Bob. We're, kinda, we're busy. We don't know if we're going to be able to make it to the altar today. Okay. I just want to make sure it's off of, of my head and, and then on to you. Because I don't want, when I get up to heaven and get into glory... Terry, that Jesus don't come over and say, Rankin, what's wrong with you? He said, I sent you messages through your heart. I showed you that the rivers Euphrates was dried up. I told you day in and day out to preach it to your people. So it's preached. I don't know how many more signs we need out there, but they're here. And it's you want to talk about, Mark Moss, you want to talk about getting wild? It's fixing to get wild. 
And if you ain't saved, you ain't getting raptured. I'll keep preaching, though. I'm not trying to win a popularity contest. You might go to a, a couple hundred churches today and nobody will be talking about the rivers Euphrates dried up. They'll be telling you some bubblegum story and some sprinkling pixie dust over the top of you. So I just say, he says, believe me. I was, I was watching Billy Graham preach the last couple of nights, and I, was, and I thought, I, I said, Debbie, I said, I wonder who the heck is going to be the next Billy Graham. Which young preacher is going to be the next Billy Graham? Do you know how much they're going to have to face the persecution? If you ever watched one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived, he didn't compromise on his message. But we need another young guy that's going to fill these pulpits across America that's going to tell people how it is and how it's going to be through the Word of God, and they can't pull back from it. Verse 24 says, God is spirit, and those who worship must worship in spirit and truth. And he says, the woman uh, said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called the Christ. When he comes, he will tell, tell us all things. Jesus said to her, what is it, class? Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Now, I want you to rise with me because I want to tell you this. If you're looking for God's voice box today, God is speaking through me to you. I'm, I'm God's voice box for the day. I, and I don't just do this. Watch this, Terry. I don't just do this on Saturday and Sunday. I do this the other five days of the week, too. I speak for the Lord wherever I go. I speak to him at gas stations and, and, and uh, text messages and phone calls over and over and over. Sometimes I get replies, sometimes I don't. I told you, I was at the liquid gold station yesterday. I don't know if you heard. In Casey's General Store, it's where they sell gasoline. It's liquid gold. And I was walking around there, and, and, the, and the good thing about owning a big diesel truck is you get a long time to, to fill it up. It's going to take a while. So what I, I just kind of walk around like I do on the platform. I just look, and I just start witnessing to people, and they, and they think I'm crazy. They go, he's here filling up his dang truck, and he's, he's praising the Lord. I don't know how to do anything else than praise God. Just right there in the, in the town of Troy, they go, there's that crazy preacher that's got a church right down the street. At first, it started out with his grandkids on the stage. Now he's on the stage. You didn't hear what I said. You would have said something to me. There you go. He must be that preacher that just got a church five miles up the street. Now he's walking around at the gas station. Oh, I'm getting ready to baptize that place in prayer. And they need it with the gas prices, I'll tell you. Some of you guys are limiting God on where he can be. God can be any dang place. Watch this class that he's invited. Look at your neighbor and say, life is messy. So Jesus sends this message, basically. I'm going to touch on it in verse 35. He said, you say that, there are four months, then comes the harvest. I tell you, lift up your eyes. So I guess this woman was was full of shame, Lisa. Just kind of, you know how it is when you when you've been out there on tour for a while. Any ever anybody 
my age ever been out there on tour for a while, young kids don't even know what it is. Chef, that means when you've been out there. And then you end up coming to the Lord and, and you oh, yeah, God, this. He said, lift up your eyes, son. He goes, a new day is about to behold you. Lift up your eyes, child. Don't worry about your shame anymore. I'm going to put it in your past. Don't worry about your addiction problem or your relational problem or your healing problem. I'm going to put it all in the past. Uh, lift up your eyes to the Lord. I got a new day is coming. Today is the day for salvation. You say, is that really true, Pastor Pat? Is that, is that, is that true? Yeah, it's in 2 Corinthians 6 too. if you want to look it up. So I don't know who's all saved, but I, I know one thing. If I found out, uh, Leanne, that the river Euphrates was dried up, I'd get a little closer to the altar. I go, man, he, this prophecy in Revelation 16 must be coming true. Oh, it's coming true. Everything in the book is going to come true. If it hasn't already come to pass, it's fixing to. And I'm going to take you to the wrap-up here. And then right after this, we got a, we got a dynamite testimony we're going to share with you. But I can't leave here until I let you know about this, this fact of life. 14.4, it says, where there are no oxen, the manger is clean but abundant crops come from the strength of the ox. Well, we didn't think being a Christian was going to be this messy. We thought everything would be in order. You know, the only thing in order when you come to Christ is, your, is, is the inside man. You go, well, what does this mean? That means if, you, if you're going to be serving the Lord and harvesting for the Lord, life is going to get messy. But if you want a crop, you have to have the strength of the ox. I didn't know it was going to be this messy. And I think they said that, I don't know if they said it, but you can almost feel it when the Bible comes in like at our new location, the Winfield location. Looks like there's some straw around here. Do you see the straw here? And some of the guys, straw over there. Carpet's a little dirty. Keep us around for a while. You're, you're, you're getting ready to see a whirlwind. See, everything's nice and clean. If you don't use it, it's kind of like your toolbox. I'm the kind of guy that uses a tool and I don't wipe it off. And I just simply do it that way because I know I'm getting ready to use it again. You go, well, my toolbox is all labeled and everything is right where I want it. Here, I'll tell you, you probably don't use it a whole bunch. Maybe you do. But I know when you're plowing up ground for the Lord, me and you are plowing up ground, and we're out there in the field trying to get a harvest for the Lord, we just kind of just, just hit those oxen and just, whoo, get going. 
And then every once in a while when you're plowing out in the field, oh, ministry's going great. Yeah, Signed up for ministry. Oh, it's doing good. Yeah. Woo! On fire for Jesus. And all of a sudden, watch this, Shepler. Right smack dab in the middle of the field will be a big old fat stump. And some people who are new in the ministry, they might take all their time and all their effort and all their tears trying to pop up that stump. We're out here burning it. We rented caterpillars. We got everybody working. We're making a big deal out of it. And you say, Pastor Pat, what should we do with this stump? Should we burn it out, blow it out? I go, why do all that, Scott? When all, here, here, I'll show you what it looks like when I'm sitting there driving ox. I just go like this. And just, yeah, yeah. Whoa, right around that. Whoa. I don't burn up any time on that dude. I just plow right. Say it with me. I plow right around him. No, you didn't hear me. They're going to be out there. They're going to try to mess up. They're going to, Connie, they're going to try to knock you off your square. Go, we need to spend all our time. Do this with me. <laughs> Do this. <laughs> Do it like you really mean. I'm going to put on, put on the faucet. And everybody needs to sit here and point and dance around it. Give it all their attention. Tell the enemy, I can't give you any more attention, man. I ain't got the effort. Close your eyes if your life's messy. <laughs> Shut them anyways because you're lying. Come in this church. Oh, we could, BC, we got it together. Yeah, here's the problem with getting it together. You forgot where you left it. How many people in this church are saved today? I know all the Bible prophecy, Pastor Jay, that's going on. They may want to get saved today. I don't know how many rivers got to dry up, Lamonas. If you ain't saved, you better get saved today. Look at your neighbor and say, I got my marching orders. My name, watch this, my name's in the book. It's called the Lamb's Book of Life. Your name's got to be in it to get in the gate. It's like Access 101. Remember that? Remember when you used to go to the nightclub, you, you tried to move up in the line? I know him. See, you might know all the door, all the doormen, St. Peter and all them people up there, but you got to know the gatekeeper today, and his name is Jesus Christ, and he's got to live in your heart. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. This testimony we're getting ready to crack on you is going to curl your hair. I'm going to tell you that right now. So I'm going to make sure I do a good job. And these people that are going to be on this testimony, I prayed for over and over again. Steve, we thought all hope was lost for one of them. Some people at the church are saying, just walk away from him. Forget it. Walk away. Forget it. It's over. Life's too hard. Don't worry about it. Forget it. But Aunt Jen had a word from the Lord. That's why she stayed with her husband. Am I making sense yet, church? 
Some of you guys got something buried in your heart that you're not going to let go with because you know it's from God. So here's my first prayer. If you're not saved, I just want you to just raise your hand. And Jesus just said in this story right here, John 4, he said, believe me. Now what does that mean, just to believe like a fairy tale? No, believe in me and who I am and what I've done on the cross. And know that I'm coming back and that I'm a righteous judge and I judge righteously. I judge sin. I judge faith. And if you'd like to live forever in the kingdom of God, you have to ask him into your heart. Just raise your hand and say, I want to be, I want to be saved right now where I'm at in this church. I want Jesus to watch this class. Say it with me. I want him to save my soul. Don't you believe the prophets of old that somebody in your family is is paving the way for your salvation? Wouldn't that look pretty odd? If the same stage my grandkids were standing on, I got up there and didn't give a message of salvation, my grandkids would be looking at me and going, Grandpa, why aren't you preaching salvation? I got to preach it. I'm told to. So I'm going to pray with you right now. I just want you to stretch your hand out so I know who I'm praying for. Just stay right where you're at. Just, I want to be saved. Dear Jesus, that person, I see him. There has been moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and friends that have been praying for that soul right there. And I see him and I see her. And you see them. They want to invite you into their heart. Where they'll live forever and ever in the kingdom of God. The new Jerusalem. Save them today. Let them live for you. We celebrate with that hand that's raised. Jesus' name, as people said, amen. Now I want to pray for you one more time for those who need to be baptized real quick. For Lord, those who need to be baptized that are ready to be baptized here or at North or Winfield, Lord God, that they would be bold. And then my last prayer today, Father God, is for those who want to live a life with no limits. That you actually start believing the promises of God. Just raise your hand and say, that's me. I'm tired of worrying. I want to live a life with no limits. I'm tired of begging. I'm tired of, of, of my past being brought up to me. I'm tired of somebody throwing it in my face. I want to live for God, live with God, and live with no limits and believe that all things are possible through Jesus Christ. And it starts today. Oh, it feels good, Terry. It just feels good to just live a life full of Jesus. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? Just, just right where you're at, just, just receive them into your life and into your relationship. And all of God's people said, Amen.